welcome to Clockworks, a Legion podcast. I'm Paul Moffat. I'm Jan Moffat. And this is a podcast where we're going to talk about the FX show Legion. For this episode, we're going to be talking about the show in general, why we want to do a podcast about it, and a little bit of introduction of ourselves. So this is going to be an unusual episode. Usually what we'll do is we'll spend each episode of our podcast talking about an episode of Legion. So, why do you want to do a podcast about Legion? Because it's so friggin' good. <laughs> it is. Basically, like, I listen, we listen to a lot of podcasts, and we watch a lot of TV. Two shows we've watched recently that have been really good have been Mr. Robot and Westworld. And I really liked them. And especially Mr. Robot kind of has the psychological aspects the way Legion mm-hmm. does. But Legion just blew us out of the water, blew me out of the water, and has so much more depth and complexness and all this little tiny detail that we can't wait to get into in a podcast. Yeah, as we were, I think, we've watched four episodes of Legion, and every time we not only just thought it was really excellently done, but we wanted both to dig into it deeper, to talk about it, to think about what was going on. A podcast uh, about it is partly just because, um, partly because we hope you'll be interested in hearing it, but it's partly just so that we'll have a reason to talk to each other about what is happening in this show to dig a little deeper into it to have a little bit of a more intensive and focused conversation about it so let's talk about a little about what we come to this show with i got we both come to the show as as comic book fans and as Mm -hmm. as readers of comic books and watchers of all the comic book movies all the marvel movies dc i am a huge batgirl fan and generally a dc fan except when it comes to the movies i'm more of a marvel fan yeah well, the Marvel movies are better. When it comes to X-Men, however, I am not, don't know a ton about X-Men. I've watched, you know, the old movies and almost all the more recent movies, uh, which I guess are all in the same universe. Yeah. I've read a few X-Men comics. I read Grant Morrison's run and did Joss Whedon do some yeah. X-Men? I think I read some Joss Whedon ones, but not a lot. And I don't know much about any characters that weren't in the movies. Frankly, I just don't, I'm not very familiar. So I definitely had never heard of Legion. I went into this show knowing that Legion is possibly the kid of Professor X. Mm-hmm. And that's about it. And I don't really, I'm kind of excited not to know anything. I'm. It's really hard for me, but I'm deliberately not looking it up on Wikipedia or delving into the history of X-Men mm-hmm. while I watch this show. I'm just letting the show happen as it happens because I don't, I'm not finding it very X-Men-y yeah. <laughs> besides the, yeah, besides the means. I, I mean, a little bit about me in the same way and I'm going to end kind of where you ended too, which is, you know, I also coming to this as a comics fan. I've been a particularly a fan of Superman since I was a kid and I continue to have a lot of affection for Superman. I've read a little more X-Men than you have, but likewise, I've read the Grant Morrison run, the Joss Whedon run. I had a uh, anthology of Stan Lee X-Men comics from back in the day. I watched the 90s uh, cartoon is my major source of knowledge about X-Men, actually. That's my immediate go-to of who the X-Men are is the 90s cartoon, Mm. to be honest. But likewise, I had heard of Legion vaguely. I knew he was Professor X's son going into this show. Mm -hmm. But more than that, I don't know much about Legion. I don't know what's going to happen. If there's other 
the other characters who know spoilers at this point, but there are other mutants who have appeared so far on the TV show. I don't know if any of them exist in the comics. And like you, I have deliberately not looked it up. So I don't know. No one who has showed up on the show so far has been someone I have recognized from the comics. Mm-hmm. I assume most of them are from the comics, but I, you know, they could be it new. Could, I don't know. Yeah. I haven't looked it up and I haven't recognized any of them. Yeah. So we're not going to be the kind of show where we talk about the history of the X-Men. We're talking about just about Legion and what's going on in the show as a show. Because yeah. honestly, as a show, it's just fantastic. It's fantastically written. The visual language of it is so complicated and the music behind it. I'm not, I'm not a particular person who pays attention to music but you can't ignore the music in the show and the sound effects in the show and everything that's, yeah, go ahead. It's it's all significant, right? (laughs) I mean, one of the things, um, if we want to talk about uh, the show in general, I had a couple of questions, one of which you've already, basically we've already answered, which is what did you come into the show already knowing what were your expectations Mm -hmm. before we started watching the first episode? I had read a review that said it was really good but didn't really give any recap or anything. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I knew it was in the X-Men universe. I knew Legion was Professor X's son and uh, that he thought he was schizophrenic, but wasn't necessarily. And I knew that it was going to be uh, trippy as a show and that it was going to be that someone thought it was good. Yeah. Uh, That's basically all all I knew going in. Mm I, you told me that Dan Stevens was in it, and Dan Stevens, of course, from Downton Abbey originally, I was really mad at him because he left <laughs> Downton Abbey and Matthew died, and it made me, and that, it changed the show, and it made me really mad watching Downton Abbey. That's my least favorite aspect of it, and I felt like that fell on his shoulders because he left, I don't know, pursue other things, but I completely forgive him. If the path that, <laughs> if the path that took him away from Downton Abbey led him to the to Legion, uh go for it go to it you did a good job because this is an amazing show and I mean, so he, he is doing an amazing job let's talk a little bit about dan stevens then to say we'll talk about him as we go episode by episode but i also have said you know on downton abbey you know he left to pursue a career and you've said we've kind of said to each other like you know he wasn't the best he guy wasn't the, the best guy on the show so like yeah. you think you're so hot leaving to like crippling the show that made you big that seemed ungrateful to us and like I, you particularly uh had a little bit of a uh bitter vindictive i hope his career fails uh attitude <laughs> oh i feel bad but, with that. uh on this show suddenly i you know he has acting chops that he never had a chance to display on Legion. And I'm on thinking, Downton on Downton Abbey, I mean. Yeah. And I'm thinking, like, not only is he top billing on this show, so for his, from a career perspective, he is top billing on a show, but even uh, from just the perspective of, like, as an artist who wants to give himself challenges and grow as, like, from that perspective, I think this was the right move for him. Mm-hmm. He's doing uh, so much better on this show like he's doing better things it's asking more of him and he's doing it uh he's amazing to me he looks younger <laughs> I mean, this isn't too much acting but like something about the way that the it's amazing to me through this show how they make him look he looks younger than he ever did on Downton Abbey and when they flash back to him uh in flashbacks like comb his hair in front of his face and he looks like he's 18 to me yeah that's not I don't know 
why that's so amazing to me, but he looks so much younger and he, he also just, there's so much going on. It's so many times when someone plays mentally ill, it's easy to be over the top about it. And I don't feel like he is at all. And he's playing that uh, ambiguity about, is he confused or psychotic or telepathic or all three or none of them or, and he's just uh, very, very compelling. Yes, absolutely. Um, and heck, he does a good American accent. Yeah. I would not guess that he was actually British. No, his American accent is flawless. Yeah. I haven't noticed any slip in it at all. Yeah. Better than uh, Benedict Cumberbatch's. <laughs> <laughs> Which was fine. Which was fine. The other thing I was going to say about this show, if we're talking about the show in general, is um, some of the things that watching the show, the other TV shows and movies and perspectives it reminds me of. Uh, I think this might be the appropriate episode to talk about some yeah. of those things. So, like, I keep saying, the, the especially the first episode in the uh, mental institution, really reminds me of uh, 12 Monkeys yeah. somehow. It's a different aesthetic and it's a different... But it's that kind of uh, setting in time is unclear. The setting reflects the mental state of the characters. Mm -hmm. It's a very, like, it's not a one flew over the cuckoo's nest mental hospital. It's a 12 monkeys mental hospital. Yeah, where it's not real. It's not. It's it's a metaphorical mental hospital in some kind of way, even from the beginning. It's all symbolic. It's all... And the title of our ep- the title of our show comes from the ty- the name of the mental hospital, yes. which is Clockwork. So we just thought that would be a cool title because it's like Clockwork. Gonna see how happen- how this show ticks. Get it? We're not gonna say that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. We're not gonna ever say that ever again. <laughs> it also reminds me a lot of uh, Twin Peaks. There's a. Uh, there's a, I haven't watched a lot of Twin Peaks. I found Twin Peaks very slow, and this is very fast-paced. It's the way that one of the things I think that makes this show so compelling is that it's surreal, and yet you're, you're kept an additional level of off-guard, because mm. it's filmed as a surreal show, but perhaps what we are seeing as surreal is... In the, is fantasy rather than surrealism. Mm. Is that what's literally happening in the show? Or is it a surreal way of presenting things emotionally as if they're real? Or is it, you know, none of the above or both of the above? The way in uh, Twin Peaks puts a lot of weight on details that uh, it films things in such a way that you want to make a lot of this detail in the background. And because it's surrealism, uh, there isn't a meaning. To a lot of those things. They put them there, you're made to think that they're significant, and it's not David Lynch messing, I mean, it's not him messing with you in the sense of like, haha, I'm tricking you. It's him messing you in the, with you in the sense of like, he wants you to attach your own emotional meaning to these things that when he filmed them, he didn't have a set meaning to it in the first place. Mm, yeah, that's definitely this show. And I feel like on this show, I can't decide whether it is more Kubrick or Lynch. The, the other thing it reminds me of is Stanley Kubrick, of, mm. you know, uh, also with the like every aspect of the setting matters, every aspect of the costume mm. matters, every detail they're paying attention to. And is it Kubrick where like they're controlling every detail because it has a meaning that they're trying to convey, that they're successfully conveying mm. some, in 
often in Kubert's case or in this case, like is are the is the music jazz because there's a set meaning to that, or is it more David Lynch that like I'm gonna give it uh I'm gonna put a lot of weight on this detail and then you attach the meaning to it and that in fact is a meaning because it's mm. surreal and it's mental illness and it's psychosis and you know it's not it's not like in a lost way <laughs> there's these <laughs> images that don't have meanings. Yeah. Because it's not plot that doesn't have meaning. It's imagery that I don't know whether it has a it has a meaning, but I don't know whether it has a meaning that the show is inviting me to invent for myself or whether it has a meaning that the show is attaching to it before I come to it. It's probably both. I mean, yeah. obviously every <clears throat> single little tiny detail that we're going to talk about might not be on purpose, but certainly some of them are. In the future, we'll talk about the images on his shirts mm-hmm. that are clearly, they are definitely on purpose. That is something that they're doing on purpose. Whereas maybe some background things aren't necessarily. Or they and are. like, I mean, I think everything, I think they're, doing everything on purpose. Yes. You know, when what the camera is showing us is stuff that reflects David's emotional reality, it's not clear whether that's an aspect of the camera filming in a surrealist style or whether it's an aspect of David's telepathy creating in the reality of the show something that reflects his emotional state. You know what I mean? Yeah, and this super complicatedness is what why we're going to dive into the show beat by beat into the episodes and what yeah. we're going to do from now on. Yeah. Um, anything else this reminds you? I was, I was going to say for me, an odd reminder that it's not like this in tone, but an aesthetic, um, pushing daisies Yeah. in that, like, it seems like it takes place like Legion seems like it takes place in the seventies. And yet, there's some futuristic technology, so it's kind of this retro future thing, much like Pushing Daisies was this kind of 50s aesthetic without it being actually the 50s, and the added thing of the couple who can't touch each other. Yeah, Just definitely. Remind, both of those things together really reminded me and of the, there's a lot of without the, the humor. The color, a lot of the super-saturated color is yeah. very pushing, pushing Daisies. So we talked a little bit about the show in general, and I think... What else do we want to say? Anything I was going to say, ourselves? I was going to say one more in terms of things that the show reminds oh, me of. Yeah. Just I was going to say that there's a uh, aesthetic in, that reminds me of a Wes Anderson aesthetic and the way that it tends to, the way that shots get framed, the center of the, in a Wes Anderson-y way, the, they like to put things in the very center of the frame and mm. have the background uh creating a context that reflects the emotional context of the character and the aesthetic in the first episode, the way they're all wearing orange tracksuits really is yeah, like that's a good the Royal Tenenbaums. Yeah, that's a Tenenbaums. I'm not saying this to say as at all a criticism. I don't think that this is like they're, they're copying Wes no, Anderson's aesthetic, but no. there's like a real, um, a really strong visual aesthetic that is reminds me of other films well, that have that kind of... All we've talked about so far are except Pushing Daisies, is movies that remind us of this thing. And so it'll be interesting as this show goes on to see, because TV shows always have different directors for different episodes eventually. And so will that change? And will people be, will there be difference in quality between episodes and between that aspect of the episodes? Or will Noah Hawley as the, you know, creative influence on this continue to 
make these decisions? Good question. It'd be interesting Again, to see. We've only seen four, so we've only seen four, and they weren't all directed by Noah Hawley. I haven't. Yeah, we need to pay attention. But to that always. we, you know, we'll we'll talk about that as we get to the episodes. Yeah, we're not experts on <clears throat> TV. Nope. But we are lovers of TV and lovers of story. Yep. And experts on. Nothing. I don't know. You're an expert <laughs> on literature. I am yeah. an expert on books. So we'll see how things go and we'll we'll do our best to muddle through this and figure out all the clues that are pointing towards and let's hope this show doesn't get cancelled because it is really good. Yeah. If you're not watching Legion, then why are you listening to this podcast? I have no idea. But if you are watching <laughs> Legion and listening to this podcast, mm-hmm. tell every one of your friends uh it's like the show. Such a good show. Mm-hmm. And if they like any of the things that you've mentioned, they will like this show. Yeah. Agreed. All so. Right, so we don't really have a sign off yet for this new podcast, but. Uh, yeah, so uh, I'm Paul Moffat. I'm Jan Moffat. And this has been Clockwork.